Coming up on today's edition of Locked On Eagles, it's our first mock draft Monday of the offseason. The Rams are Super Bowl champions, so like everybody, the Eagles are 0-0 to start the offseason. We'll get into that first mock coming up next right here on Locked On Eagles. You are Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, everybody, to Locked On Eagles. We thank you for making Locked On Eagles your first listen each and every day. We are your only daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, five shows a week, Monday through Friday. I'm Louis DiBiase. He's Gino Camilleri. Today's Monday edition of the podcast is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline is where the game starts. Gino, my man, welcome to the offseason officially. The Eagles have been in it for a few weeks. We've been moved on to the draft, Senior Bowl coverage, Mock Draft Monday. This is episode, uh, I think, five now, four or five. Mm-hmm. And so we've entered it. But now after the Rams won the title last night, uh, everybody is 0-0. And we move forward here in the offseason officially for the NFL. This really is now the last stretch of the calendar year in the NFL because we know once free agency starts – that's when the new year flips over officially. Then we go right into draft mode, which really kicks things off for the season. And we've been in it, like you said, for a couple yep. weeks now, Lou. But all 32 are set. We know where everybody's going to pick outside of the compensatory picks, which will be coming in within the next couple weeks here when they get that all figured out. There'll be 32 of them handed out. And then, Lou, we got 11 selections to make for this team. And watching those teams yesterday play in the Super Bowl – it's clear the Eagles need to get some playmakers at some very yeah. important positions. Looking around, Jesse Bates making an impact interception off of Matt Stafford. The Eagles need a safety like that. Zach Wilson playing to the level that he did. The defensive line for the Rams. I just think it's evident that the Eagles are on that track, but they just yeah. need to add some more impact players in some key positions. And I talked about that on Saturday. Uh, the whole discussion of the show was how far off are the Eagles from teams like the Rams and the Bengals. You can find that show on all our podcast platforms on YouTube as well. Uh, Gino, yesterday wasn't just a big day for football because of the Super Bowl, but also around the league with news. We're going to talk about, you know, obviously Lockdown QB1 is on Wednesday. There was some crazy news about Kyler Murray now. I mean, his future with Arizona, I don't want to say it's completely up in the air, but there's some drama going on. Like, it was a big news day yesterday. And and one we're just going to touch on real quick before we go to Mock Draft Monday. And I know everybody's about to flip out because you can't mention this name in Eagles media anymore. But uh, Chris Mortensen reported, and I didn't really expect it, even despite the collapse, but uh, the Colts might all be all but done with Wentz. And I want to just talk talk about this with you because you're one of the few people I can still rationally have a discussion about with Carson, or when it comes to Carson because uh, everybody else just calls me a fanboy. But um, it was just – I don't know. To me, it was still unexpected because I feel like there must be something going on, even with the collapse down the stretch against Vegas and um, uh, against Jacksonville. There's got to be something going on behind closed doors. I don't know if it's Ursay and, you know, um, Chris Ballard upset about him not getting vaccinated. Maybe there's something inside the building. But, you know, the fact that they were willing to pretty much leak that before you could you have a like a new solution unless they know they can get a star or somebody they must be really done with him because right now the Colts hands are kind of tied they don't have their pick 
the Eagles do. So you couldn't trade for somebody like Russell Wilson, or at least you can't really compete with Philly and other teams. So they must be really done with him. And I don't think he played bad enough. I mean, he played horrible down the stretch, but to the point where they're willing to give up after a year, giving up a first, that was pretty surprising news to me yesterday. And Peter King wrote an article on that exact topic, and he thinks that it's something behind the scenes as well. And now it's the, it's the look of, Carson Wentz in two different places, this narrative has been put on him. Maybe that is the self-destructing button, is Carson Wentz himself. But, Lou, we have to go back to the point of Howie Roseman understanding when to get out from these quarterbacks. I know I put this tweet out the other day, but for Kevin Cobb, who he didn't draft, they took him in 2007 when he wasn't the GM, Sam Bradford, for who Chip Kelly traded for, and then Carson Wentz. So 33% of the quarterbacks – he had accountability for, for all three of them, he got two first-round picks, a second-round pick, a third-round pick, a fourth-round pick, and Dominique Rodgers-Cromartie. But I look at the latest one with Carson Wentz, Lou, and I look at Indy's situation. Indy doesn't even have a Jalen Hurts. They don't have a little boat on the side of the Titanic to jump into. They have absolutely nothing. But that's what they I'm wondering. No like, life. what do they think their alternative? Is? No do idea. they just not care, or do they know, like, hey, we got a real shot at? Because again, they don't have a first to draft a quarterback. They can't really compete with other teams when it comes to. Mm-hmm. I would assume a guy like Russell Wilson would want to go to a team like Indy. That's a great situation, or Aaron Rodgers, but. You don't really have ammo, so mm-hmm. they must be either really done with Carson or they might know they have a much better alternative waiting. And to say that all three of those quarterbacks would last less than two seasons in their destination that they went to after Philadelphia yeah. really makes you look at, okay, maybe Howie does have this sense of getting out from things before they do turn really tumultuous. Well, he's, great I know that- getting, he's great at getting value for – in situations he probably shouldn't get that much value, right? Yeah. I think that's something he's really good at. He's good at cleaning up messes. I tweeted, though, in response to you yesterday, I just – one thing that bothered me was everybody, I think, riding on – I I think – I don't know. I don't want to give Howie Roseman too much credit. I think for in, – in a, in a vacuum, the trade itself and knowing when to get out, I thought very well done, obviously. Yeah. I mean, I think that was a steal now. But I just, again, it's my issue with Howie is always, he's great at cleaning up messes, but those messes, a lot of the time, he had his hands all over. And with Wentz right now, clearly, like, is not what he used to be. Even this year, throwing 27 touchdowns and seven picks is so self-destructive. But I can't help but also see, you know, Howie Roseman's fingerprints on a lot of who Carson is now. That is not deflecting blame from Wentz. He is a major reason for this crazy downfall in his career, but if there's a second guy that has his hands all over that too, and is the reason for that, you know, how he is a huge part. So I don't know. I, I want to kind of, you know, you don't give credit to an arsonist. If he puts out the fire, he started, you know what I mean? So give him credit for putting out the fire, but he kind of helped start it. So I, I think I don't want to stroke Howie's ego a little bit enough. I, I think it's, I think it's good where it is. Well, the unfortunate thing about fires is usually the people do have, or the fortunate part, I should say, is you have that insurance. And now, Lou, I'll play devil's advocate to what you just said. Yeah. The insurance we do have is that you had Jalen Hurts there and you acquired two additional picks. You got that third round last year, which helped you move up to get Devontae Smith. And now mm-hmm. you have three picks this year, which you could in turn 
going back to the player where you're saying maybe Indy doesn't have a chance at this guy. Maybe with that additional first-round pick, you can get Russell Wilson. You may have a chance at Aaron Rodgers. So you have to look at it from both sides of the table for sure. But just to go and say two years ago, if this was the situation that would have played out in a Carson Wentz book and we had to watch it unfold. Like if if we would have went back in time and told me and you at the end of the 2019 run on the podcast, this was going to happen. And again, with Carson, I know a lot of it's on him. He is very self-destructive, but I don't know. It's kind of like, you know, when somebody deals with issues in life and it's on them and, you know, they, they never changed, but you can also see the background, like why they are the way they are now. And you can't help, but, you know, have a little humility and feel bad because for me, I I do genuinely like, I don't think Carson Wentz is a horrible person, despite even, I I think they're very frustrated that he didn't get vaccinated. And I think they blame a lot of his rusty play down the stretch on that. Ursay was not happy at the beginning of the year. And then when he, you know, got tested positive and he was horrible against the Raiders and Jags. That's got to be a huge part of it. But at the same time, like, I don't know, every single time a leader of the Eagles or even Darius Leonard the other uh, day last week on the Pat McAfee show came out and said good things about him. I mean, you can see all the pressure through Philly, just obviously playing in that market, backups going on runs when you had these super untimely injuries. Your roster had that issue too. And then the Hurts pick, like, you know, that's a lot for, I don't know. I just, I'm looking at it as, as in the human side, Like that's a lot for a human being to deal with when you already have those hero ball tendencies too, that enables it, you know? So I can definitely see why it happened. It's just, it's crazy that it did transpire this way. And especially in the situation he was in, in Indy last year, I would say, yeah, things got a little rough in 2018, 2019, and we know how 2020 played out. But to go to Indy with the running game that they had, the defense that exceeded expectations and a chance to just have to win one of those two games – and he couldn't do it. That That's when your quarterback, who you yep. want to win because of, has to be held accountable. Well, man, I think he felt, just like all that pressure in Philly finally caved in in 2020, I think he felt like, damn, I didn't get vaccinated. I cost us against Vegas. I have to win this game against Jacksonville for this team because Jonathan Taylor and this Colts team did so much for me to get to this point mm-hmm. that I think he, again, was trying too much and – he lost to a two-win Jaguars team. Again, it's just all very similar and very familiar feeling. And yeah, man, he might have blew his last really great opportunity. Not that he wouldn't be a starter again. I think there's going to be teams this year that would want him to be their starter that lose out on the sweepstakes of a Rodgers, a Wilson, a Watson, maybe don't like the draft class this year. Um, you know, a team like Pittsburgh, I could see, or Tampa Bay if they don't get a guy. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that like that was your opportunity with the guy that helped you be nearly an MVP in 2017. So a crazy situation, but I, yeah, I agree with you, man. I mean, Philadelphia, despite, you know, kind of being a huge part of that downfall, they have made up for it really well since that trade. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a lot of teams that after that don't recover for a while and Philly's in a, a great spot for sure. And a lot of being in that great spot has to do with these three first round draft picks. And you know, that's what we're going to get into coming up next. It is mock draft Monday. We've got a four round mock for you today, six picks to make. As we continue Mock Draft Monday throughout the offseason, it is the official first Mock Draft Monday of the 2022 offseason. So that's coming up next right here on Locked on Eagles. I know there's a lot to be excited about in Philadelphia right now. It's sweet that the 
Philadelphia 76ers move on from Ben Simmons and get James Harden. Sweet that the Philadelphia Eagles move on from Carson Wentz and get a first-round pick that we will use in this mock draft Monday. But you know what's even sweeter than that, Lou? I'm not even going to let you answer. It's Built Bar. You knew I was coming with it. It's that time of year again that everybody's given up on their New Year's resolution. Not me and Lou. You know why? Because we are addicted. Let me tell you, addicted to Built Bars. They have their puff flavors that have marshmallow on the inside, still coated with that real chocolate. It's really one of those things that you can't describe how good it is, especially when you put it next to the fire, you heat it up for a little bit, or you take the original flavors like the salted caramel, put that in the microwave for a second, put it on some non-dairy ice cream. For me, I can't have dairy, being lactose, and Built Bar doesn't have really anything in it that people cannot have. It is very friendly for people that have some allergies that they cannot have. These things are covered in chocolate. They're healthy, 130 calories per bar, 4 grams of net sugar, 4 grams of carbs. Each bar has 20 grams of protein, almost 17. Close enough, though. We're going to round up with that. They are delicious. They are healthy. Built Bar, you know where to go today. Built.com, use that promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off your order. And Lou, what do you use? What do you use all the time when you go to BuiltBar.com? Oh, you use that promo code? And what flavor do you get, Lou? Let the people know. Peanut butter brownie, man. That's my go-to. The white chocolate cookies and cream right now has my heart, too. They're always coming out with limited edition flavors. You're only going to find them at Built.com. Use that promo code LOCKED15 to indulge in some delicious Built Bar. All right, Eagles fans, welcome back into Mock Draft Monday on your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, Locked on Eagles. We thank you for making Locked on Eagles your first listen each and every day, and it's your first listen of the 2022 offseason officially. The Eagles have been done for a while now, but the Rams won the Super Bowl yesterday against the Cincinnati Bengals, so all teams are 0-0 moving forward to you got the NFL Combine coming up soon. You've got Pro Days and the NFL Draft in April. We've got you covered right here five days a week on LOE. So much draft content to get into. Cannot wait. And free agency, too. Can't even, I mean, I got to mention free agency, which is in a few weeks as well, the beginning of March. But, uh, Gino, today's about the draft as it is every Monday. We talked about Carson Wentz in segment one and how, you know, the Eagles, it wasn't ideal the way it ended, but they set themselves up beautifully afterwards with, you know, you mentioned that plan B, the alternatives that the Colts right now don't have. And a huge part of that are the draft picks they have, because now you can look into, you know, just at quarterback in general, trading those assets, drafting one or building the roster around the guy you already had in house and Jalen Hurts. And so we're going to explore those options again today with another four round mock draft, courtesy of the Draft Network's mock draft simulator. And uh, Gino, it's kind of interesting. Have you noticed a theme when it comes to our mocks so far? I feel like we've done a good job of, you know, having a good variety of different players, different positions, and different philosophies. I think you and I ideally try to fit these players to what the Eagles are going to do with them and what Mm -hmm. they do with their players currently. Like at linebacker, we're looking for a guy that right now they're looking for a player who can cover sideline to sideline, a player who can take on tight ends, a player who can fill. And we know that they're going to look for players like that in the draft. At wide receiver, we know the certain build, the certain frame, the certain ability they have to go after the catch that they want. So we try to fit them in in, into that mold while still having a little bit of fun with it. You know we like our guys, and we're going to try and get our guys on these mock drafts, of course. 
but we like to try and fit it to what Philadelphia is going to use. And that's a realistic way to look at it when you're inside a building and you're scouting. Okay, this is what we have to get at position X. We have to fit this height, weight, and speed. We have to fit these traits that we want. And it's all from input on the coaching staff, input from the position coaches, what Jeff Stoutland likes in his offensive linemen, what Jonathan Gannon likes in his defensive players. All of that input really goes into these selections. But you and I, we get a little freedom because we're not behind the note here, Complex. So I have 15 overall this week. Gino's got 16 in the second round pick. I'll also have the 19th overall selection. Let's start this thing up. Uh, starting with the Jacksonville Jaguars, who go with Evan Neal, the tackle first overall to shake things up. Your boy Kayvon Thibodeau, the edge rusher from Oregon, falls all the way to five with the New York Giants. Uh, some interesting players that I would have loved, Jermaine Johnson and Derek Stingley, go eight and nine. Of course, we got the trade offers now coming through too. But, Gino, I, I, one thing I would say, I trade-ups are possible, even like removing quarterback trades. I think a trade-up is possible with the Eagles' assets they have, but – I don't know. They have so many picks already. I can't imagine a trade down. That's the thing. I don't think they would trade down outside of that 15th and 16th pick. It would have to be the 19th selection. I think they would move back there. In my offseason simulation, I had them trading back to pick number 27 with Tampa if they wanted to come up and get a quarterback. You look at teams like that that are in that area. Okay, maybe they're sitting around 25 to 33, 34 in the second round. Can I move back a little bit, accumulate some assets? But right now, 15 and 16, I 100% expect them to make those two selections. Yeah, you know what's interesting? Like, I feel like in this range, you might consider, okay, if a guy like Jermaine Johnson or Derek Stingley start to fall, you know, I like that idea. I know you spoke with somebody and, you know, the long-term future and potential Stingley uh, might be in question. I still personally have Stingley as my CB1, but watching Ahmad Gardner from Cincinnati, who we had mocked a few weeks ago to the Eagles, I was watching a lot of Stingley versus Gardner this week. And, you know, early in the process, I was like, Stingley's clearly CB1. But, Gino, I think it's clear. I mean, a lot of people actually like Gardner over Stingley now. And if he was, if he were to fall to 15, if you can pair, you know, Gardner with Darius Slay and Avante Maddox and have that trio of corners, I mean, you look at the Super Bowl, you got to cover now Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd. You got to cover Cooper Cup. Odell Beckham and Van Jefferson look at in your own division. We talked about it uh, all regular season. It's like, we kind of called it the big 12 last off season because each team was so deep or they tried to be with the skill position players. Obviously, you know, Curtis Samuel, Kenny Galladay, they didn't work out. Uh, Michael Gallup got hurt, but that was the blueprint. And that's what a lot of NFL teams are doing. So you got to have, especially when your second best corner is in the slot, you got to have two good outside corners. Like that's not the place to me. You put band-aids. No, not at all. Not in this NFL, at least. And even, I mean, you look down in the SEC now, you got to have two guys that can play. You look at Cincinnati having to compete in the playoff against these top teams. They had Ahmad and they had Kobe Bryant, two guys that were locked down corners. That is now the recipe to win in this league, in my opinion, Lou. And look at what the Rams had. You got Jalen Ramsey. You have a good, I'd say, core outside of them. You bring in Weddle again. You just have a bunch of guys that could cover on the back end. I'll have Sauce Gardner as my number two any day of the week to pair up with Avante, to pair up with Darius Slay, and then inevitably take the throne from Darius if 
Yeah. Darius Slaver decides to be bad at football, which I don't know if that's right. coming anytime soon. Coming off the best year of his career for sure. So you pair him up with Gardner and Maddox, mm-hmm. and that is a great trio in 2022. Uh, Gino, what are you thinking here with uh, 16 overall? We address corner first. I like the idea of them getting an edge rusher in the first round. I think there is a lot of talent. Especially watching the Rams yesterday, man, with Floyd and Miller, with Aaron Donald. Oh, my gosh. But the reason why they were able to be so impactful is because Cincinnati lacked a certain position. They lacked Mm -hmm. offensive line. And reports have come out from Jeff McClain that our guy, Jason Kelsey, most likely will be back. But this team isn't a team that likes to be reactive. They like to be proactive. Give me Tyler Linderbaum for 2023. You're not going to be in this position where you could get arguably one of the best centers in the last couple years and definitely in this draft to replace your best center in the history of the franchise and seamlessly do that. Tyler Linderbaum can be that resolution for you. And I like the edge talent, Lou, but there's so much of it. There's sure. only one Tyler Linderbaum in this class. Yeah, you could go with a guy like Kenyon Green if you want to have a little bit more versatility, but it's clear who center number one is. It's going to be Tyler Linderbaum. He plays just like Jason Kelsey. He's just as athletic as Jason Kelsey. He's as smart as Jason Kelsey. And we know that the quarterback's best friend is a great center. They are the second quarterback of that offense. And just like a pitcher has to have that one catcher he can really rely on, your quarterback has to have that center. So when Jason Kelsey's gone, I don't want to wait around and have to be reactive. Give me Tyler Linderbaum for 2023, and he could play in 2022 as a guard. And here's the thing, too. like With Jason Peters, you never knew when he was going to retire. Year after year, you kept waiting. You're like, this could be the year. But he never really talked about it. Jason Kelsey... He's talked about it every year, and although he uh, said he's coming back, there was a a report, too, in that same story that he also expected 2021 to be his final year. So it's only a matter of time now. Like, I don't feel like Kelsey Mm -hmm. is not playing another four years. Jason Peters, you thought he was done maybe in 2015, 16, 17, and he lasted all the way to 2020, and he's still playing in the NFL. So Kelsey, I think you know there is a ceiling that is coming. And so I understand the Linderbaum pick for sure. And, you know, you add him with Landon Dickerson inside and uh, Isaac Samalu coming back with Herbig and Driscoll. I mean, just – very That's a rich mean offensive front. line, yeah, dude. I mean, imagine the mauling yeah. ability of yeah. Jordan Maialata, Landon Dickerson, yeah. your center's Tyler Linderbaum. You could throw Driscoll in there, and then, mm. I mean, you could even hypothetically draft another interior offensive lineman yeah. in 2023 and then roll with Lane Johnson outside. I mean, they're going to be good, and they're going to win because of their offensive line and not let it be a burden like Cincinnati had on them yesterday. Yeah. I'm deciding between two players here. It's N'Kobe Dean, the linebacker of Georgia at pick 19, or Trayvon Walker, the edge from Georgia. It would be really tough in this scenario for the Eagles to not come away with a pass rusher in the first round, considering how good the class is and considering Walker and Karloftis fell to you. But Gino, at the same time, and again, in this scenario, what do I think the Eagles would do? They would definitely go with an edge um, over linebacker. But the class is so deep. Um, and you know, I think Dean is just a player that could play all around, but you know what? At the same time, like I'm thinking about that, but I think the Eagles had the same kind of mindset in 2019 when we all thought it was a great class and they missed out on all of them. Right. So, you know what I mean? I mean, sometimes you got to be careful with not being like, Oh, it's deep. And so we can just get, you know, those guys that are going to fall to us. You still don't want to ignore the top of a deep class. Cause that means those guys are great. If they're the top mm-hmm. of a really good class, 
then you want to take that kind of player. And uh, Trayvon Walker, we haven't taken since the uh, our first mock draft. I'm going to take him here. He's an interchangeable player that can play inside and out. He's explosive, upside. Uh, Jermaine Johnson's kind of jumped him as that, you know, I would say DE three or four. Um, but I would take him over Karloft is just based on ceiling and with sweat and Graham there. I think Walker as your, you know, pass rushing situation, uh, third defensive end would be ideal. You're not going to ever make me mad taking, but it was tough for me not to take Nicobe Dean there. Do you know, I, I, I love Dean and, and watching Logan Wilson yesterday that made me want a linebacker even more. I'm looking at day two for linebackers. Well, I think there are a bunch of good ones in that ter- territory too. And like you said, Lou, you don't want it to be a situation at edge where it's like, oh, here we go. We got Danelle Pumphrey again. Like right, we're in that right. situation. I don't think even if they did miss on one in day one, Lou, like maybe they fell a little quicker than they thought. I believe they'll come away with one in day two at, yeah. at the latest. And you could I mean, double dip. A strategy I was thinking about there was, well, if we don't get one in the first round, Maybe I can get, you know, uh, Maji Sanders in round two from Cincinnati and then try to get a Boye Mafe in the third round, you know, and double dip on a deep class. That's that's an idea they could explore, too, with Sweat and Graham already in-house. And, you know, you got free agency, too. And that's one of the things that we're going to really figure out in the next couple of weeks is where do they find strong positions in free agency that they would rather go to over the draft? And then we'll say, okay, if they do sign a linebacker in free agency – Maybe they don't like the linebacker classes as much as people thought, or they're trying to secure that ability to go and take an edge so they don't miss out on linebacker or safety or whatever position on the defense because they could fill in a lot of those ones. So you're up on the clock here at pick 51 in the second round. Uh, there's some good talent here. Uh, Tariq Wool, and I love the corner of UTSA. Mm-hmm. I had him coming to the Eagles in my uh, offseason simulation in round two. Uh, so, But with Ahmad Gardner there, I'm not sure if you'd want a double dip at corner. Uh, Jalen Petrie, the safety from Baylor. There's some, uh, you know, Kingsley Ngabare uh, from South Carolina. There's some good players here. Uh, can you go to – actually, you know what? You go, go to Mr. Brian Azamoa. Go down at linebacker. He's just a few down there. Yes, at linebacker. He is an undersized linebacker. He's only around six foot and a half. But the guy plays with unbelievable speed and range. He comes from Oklahoma, the Big 12, loop, making it come full circle. The ability to go out in the second day and get a linebacker like that, I think, is key. They had that idea with Davion Taylor a couple years ago, who still, I believe, can develop into a good player as has a very good production coming out of Oklahoma. He's going to test incredibly well. And I think taking a guy here at linebacker, Lou, also yeah. opens up the door to potentially take another one because I don't think this is another class where they take just one of these guys. I think it's that Taylor-Bradley mentality where they double up at that position. Yeah, I would love to go safety here, but you do get a mod Gardner. You can open up some things on the and back I think they're going to pay a safety in free agency too. I do too. We both did that in our simulation. Uh, and I think that's the, with the deep class of free agents they have, I think that's the route they're going to explore. And as somebody from All-22, the Global Scouting Network, as Moa is a guy who does not come from the United States, I would love to get an international guy here in Philly to pair up with a guy like Jordan Maialata, guys like Aaron Sipos. And as Moa, man, go watch him play. He's a fun guy. He's one of those guys that's all over the field, sees the ball, goes, gets the ball, and they need guys like that in Philly that can plug, play, and cover. 
So we come away with a lot of defense, which is the consistent theme for most Eagles mock drafts so far. Ahmad Gardner at pick 15, the corner of Cincinnati. We do get an offensive lineman, as the Eagles love to do. Tyler Linderbaum, great value there at pick 16 out of Iowa. Uh, Trayvon Walker, the edge rusher from Georgia at pick 19. And then Brian Esamoa, the linebacker from Oklahoma in round two to complement TJ Edwards and Davian Taylor. We've got two more picks here coming up next in the third and fourth round, guys. Don't go anywhere. This is Mock Draft Monday on Locked on Eagles, and today's podcast is sponsored by Bet Online, the official sports book of the Locked On Podcast Network. Look, football might be over this season. I hope you guys won your final bets of the NFL season last, uh, last night, but you've got basketball in full steam for both the pro and college hoops. James Harden, now a Philadelphia 76er. Uh, ben Simmons shipped off to Brooklyn. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, betonline.net has everything covered. It's the number one spot for all your sports betting needs, and they remain the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. It's not just football and basketball. They have your source number one. They're the, your number one source, I should say, for hockey, boxing, UFC, right to the Olympic coverage and information available on the website. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Because bet online is where the game starts. All right, Eagles fans, Louis DiBiase, Gino Camilleri, wrapping up this Monday edition of Locked on Eagles. We thank you for making Locked on Eagles your first listen each and every day. It's Mock Draft Monday, going through a four round mock draft. And uh, Gino, to recap so far, what we've done Ahmad Gardner in round uh, one, pick 15, Tyler Linderbaum at 16, Trayvon Walker at 19, and Brian Asamoa at 51. So a corner in an interior offensive lineman, an edge rusher, and a linebacker. I feel like that's exactly what I'd expect. Like if they don't go quarterback or use it in a trade, if they just sit with all these picks and make the selections, I would definitely bank on probably three of four being defense. But I do at the same time, I can't imagine it's defense, 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 defense. I think they will, whether it's receiver, offensive lineman, something, I think they're going to they're still going to take a, an offensive player because that's philosophically what they do. They invest in the draft early in offense and especially in the trenches early as well. Right. And, yeah. and they need a cornerback. We know they need a linebacker. I would say that if you're going to toss in a couple other positions that they might be likely to take in those first four picks, maybe a wide receiver, you could mm -hmm. potentially say safety. I would say is another big one. If you don't take a corner, if that, if that group kind of falls out of where you would want it to and, you end up saying, okay, can I take the second best safety or the fifth best cornerback? You might end up saying you want to take the second best safety in that position. Yeah, absolutely. So we're on the clock here at pick 83 in round three. Um, the, look, guys like Christian Watson, they're not on the board anymore. This board has been updated. And uh, you got George Pickens from Georgia, who I actually do like around this this part of the draft. You know, Sky Moore from Western Michigan at pick uh, – 77 overall. Gino, I think they could explore receiver, but I would prefer kind of like safety that they really address that wide receiver, wide receiver two spot through free agency over the draft. And so for me, we mentioned double dipping if at a certain spot, if they don't go with a prospect in the first round, we did it anyway. And I'm talking about the edge rusher spot, taking Trayvon Walker at 19, but a guy that I kind of fell in love with on the field at the Senior Bowl was Boye Mafe from Minnesota, the edge rusher who is explosive and long and very athletic. And just like not that, but, you know, Jermaine Johnson has that violent style, but Mafe just was hammering quarterbacks all week long. And again, 
Like you got Josh Sweat, and that's really it long term, guaranteed, man. And so, if you could come away with Walker and Mafe, I mean, they like being four deep on the edge, and I want to be deep when it comes to the pass rush. So I'm taking Boye Mafe here, the edge from Minnesota, and I'm double dipping when it comes to defensive ends. I want to come away with two in this class. I, I love this class. It's, it's very much like I haven't really liked an edge rusher pool since probably 2019. I would say so as well. And Mafe had a good showing down there in Mobile. I know he was on your plane coming home. You, you texted yeah, me he that was. as well. <laughs> He, he, you saw him right up and close. I mean, he doesn't look like the biggest edge in the world, but he right. has freakish traits, man. His, his arms are long. He's explosive. He really is what you would want in a day three edge rusher. And like you said, you have to look at what the Rams had yesterday, Lou. I mean, they go out and trade for Von Miller after they already have Aaron Donald, after they already have Leonard Floyd. I mean, they have guys that can rush the passer, but it's like a bullpen in baseball. You got to have five, six, seven guys that you could consistently throw out there. And what a better class to do it than this one, Lou. And if they were to get another stud and undrafted free agency because there are so many guys, that wouldn't shock me either. I think they could get two guys up top like they did here at, at what, 19 and 83, so around 60 picks between the two. Or they could wait a little longer and still probably end up with a very good edge rushing duo out of this class. 100%. 100%. Boye Mafe, the edge rusher from Minnesota at pick 83 in the third round. Uh, Gino, one more selection for us here. 122 in round four. We have gone defense with four of our five picks. Where is your head at here? Are you going to go all in and take another defender? Or are you thinking maybe offense here? I would think that they're going to probably try to at least address getting wide receiver depth in this class as well. Because much like Edge Lou, at wide receiver, Greg Ward, I mean, what do you have there? Jalen yeah. Rager's probably on his way out. I don't want out. to rely on Rager again. J.J. Yeah. Ortega-Whiteside is probably on his way out as well. I'm going with a guy who I, I think is underrated on this board, Lou, but I think would fall right in this round four area based on size, based on speed, based on his athletic ability and ability to go up, get 50-50 balls down the field. I'm going to with Romeo Dubs. What a better last name. He's getting dubs all the time. Went to Nevada, had a great season with Carson Strong. And I believe that if they are going to go wide receiver, it's not going to be one of these athletic guys that's a burner. It's going to be one of these guys that stands a little higher. He's six foot, six foot one. We talk about what they want in free agency. A Mike Williams, for example. Romeo Dobbs, or Dubs, I'm going to call him Dubs because that's what his name should be with that spelling, which is completely ridiculous. That <laughs> dubs the English language makes no sense at all. People that I got the Devonta Smith, Devontae last year, the whole nine, we're going to go yeah. through it this year with this class. But Romeo dubs is a guy that I know you saw down in mobile. I watched all of his games for Nevada last year. They want a bigger body. They tried to do it in JJ a couple years ago. They haven't replaced that role since Elshon Jeffrey. And if you look at Indianapolis, the one thing that they never really had until Michael Pittman was that bigger body guy. And then they go out and add Pittman. I would have liked to see what Sirianni could have done with that offense with Pittman. And I would be excited to see what he could do with Romeo Dubs or a guy that they signed in free agency. When I was watching him in Mobile, you know what vibes I was getting? It's almost just like the way he 
it's like I don't know. He catches it like strong, like just firm. Oh, he's got like, paws on his hands. It's man. it's yeah. almost Anquan Bolden like, where the ball mm-hmm. just never really moves. And I don't want to call him a stiff wide receiver. I I think he's a strong receiver, and I think that is a good trade to have when you're going up and getting the football. I just felt like I remember Bolden that Super Bowl year with the Ravens just high pointing the football. I mean, you couldn't knock the ball out of his hands. And uh, I think this is good value. I think he's, yeah, I agree. I think he's maybe too low on this list and, you know, for a fourth round pick and, you know, I was, I would assume in this scenario, they probably sign a free agent receiver as well. You know, he having uh, dubs as depth, I think is a great pick here as your final pick uh, in this mock draft to, uh, you know, sprinkle in some more offense. I think they just need depth at the offensive playmaker positions because you look at Cincinnati and you see the top three that they have. But if one of those guys goes out, you got to have depth below them. I look at Dallas, right? I mean, Cedric Wilson's the best fourth receiver in football. He comes in, all of a sudden he's the best third receiver, best third receiver in football when Michael Gallup goes down as well. You got to be four, five, six deep at playmaking positions, Lou. You got to have it at edge. You got to have it at offensive line. You got to have a stable of running backs at this point in the NFL. Wide receivers. I mean, if you want to get yards in this league, you get guys that can either, one, get those yards for you, or two, take away those yards. You get Sauce Gardner. You take away the top wide receiver for a team. You go out and you get an edge rusher. You get an offensive line. I think this is a path that they would look to go down. We'll figure it out once free agency really shows its head and yeah, see sure. where they go with that. It's a very good indicator. I think we've kind of changed our mocks for the better once free agency hits because you have more information to go off of. But right. at the same time, because if they pay Marcus Williams, I'm not going mm-hmm. safety round one. We have, I mean, you have to be open to that though. If there's a chance, Luke Kyle Hamilton for some reason, let's say he's available at oh, eight or yeah, nine. Yeah. You might be calling up saying, okay, yeah, we did maybe just sign Marcus bad, Williams. Maybe like if, if they were to sign, you know, Allen Robinson. I, I can't imagine right. at that point, then with Rager as your fourth guy, then they probably don't care. But yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it definitely does lead you to some more answers and, and hint at what their strategy is for sure um, when it comes to the NFL draft. Because, you know, free agency comes first and we'll see what they do in a few weeks. Uh, to recap what Gino and I just did in our four-round uh, four mock draft, Ahmad Gardner, our first pick at 15 overall, the corner from Cincinnati. Tyler Linderbaum, the interior offensive lineman from Iowa at 16. And then at 19, Trayvon Walker, the edge rusher from Georgia. Gino takes a linebacker for the Birds in the second round. Brian Asamoa from Oklahoma. Bouye Mafe, the edge rusher from Minnesota in round three. And then we wrap it up in the fourth round with a wide receiver from Nevada. Carson Strong's go-to target last year, Romeo Dobbs. So uh, we're going to have that mock draft posted for you on our Twitter accounts. After the show, hit us up at LockdownBirds, at DBASI-LOE, and at GC24 underscore football. Subscribe to the podcast five days a week. We've got Tuesday through Friday after today's show coming up for you. We're your only daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, and we're in video form as well now on YouTube. Uh, Thanks, everybody, for the awesome interactions we've been having on YouTube and the continued support there. Uh, A lot of video content coming for you uh, throughout the offseason. We thank you for making Lockdown Eagles your first listen each and every day. That's going to do it for Mock Draft Monday. For my co-host, Gino Camilleri, I'm Lou DiBiase signing off. As always, thank you for downloading, thank you for listening and watching, and let's go, Birds. Fly, Eagles, fly.